Welcome to another episode of Strategy and Sourdough. This week, we have a wonderful guest with us, uh, Kerry Lau. Did I pronounce it correctly? Yes, you did, Arno. Thank you. <laughs> wonderful. So Kerry is a very senior marketing leader, especially in B2B marketing. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have her on the episode. She was the marketing lead at IBM Digital Business Group for a while, and then moving on to a head of marketing role for the Asia Pacific region at Watson Customer Engagement Group. For the listeners who are not familiar, Watson is the AI unit of IBM. Then she moved on to a role at Acoustic, which is a company that focuses on marketing automation, and she's still the head of marketing lead for the Asia Pacific region. Welcome to the show, Kerry. Thanks, Arno. All right, let's get into it then. So uh, one of the things that we like to joke about in this podcast is enterprise B2B startups. And we joke about it because when you are in an exciting consumer product marketing role or the founder of a startup, then marketing comes a bit more naturally and easily and you can come up with a lot of creative ideas. But when you are selling something like marketing automation or B2B sales software or CRM software, it becomes a little bit more difficult. So we would definitely like to get your ideas on B2B sales, especially for startups who are targeting enterprise companies. You've spent quite a bit of time in this role working with really big companies and trying to sell your products and services to the stakeholders inside these companies. What was your experience in this role and uh, what do you think the startups can get from your experience? I think, first of all, have fun. Um, selling B2B software, you know, we can still have all the creativity and fun. It's just in a very different light. But I think for B2B enterprise sales, you know, I think the most important thing is that it is clarity of message, right? So, you know, what's your story from a startup perspective or any organization that is for that matter, right? Because when you're clear in terms of your value proposition, what are the customer pain points that you're trying to solve? It then becomes easier to translate to your buyers. Because when you talk about B2B enterprise sales, you've got multiple stakeholders, right? I mean, there are you know, stats and all that tells you that in every enterprise sale, there's probably like seven buyers that you actually need to, you know, either like target from a primary buyer or you need to influence because they are part of the decision-making process. Mm -hmm. Having clarity around your story, what are the pain points that you're trying to solve for the customer? And then what's your value proposition for that? Because your messaging will need to change depending on whether you're the actual buyer or the influencer that you're actually going after. Mm -hmm. So probably start there. So the clarity of the message and then after that, identifying who are your buyers within the organizations is important because then it also helps you identify what are the routes that you need to use. I had a chat with a startup, I would say more B2B because they were looking to actually sell property, not to the average consumer. And they were like, oh, so we can be on Instagram. I'm like, but are your buyers on Instagram? Once you identify who your buyers are, you can also identify the channels that you want to use to actually do your outreach, right? How do I even go about figuring out who's important and who should be my focus? Do I go to LinkedIn and do some research? If I'm just beginning this identification process, can you give us some pointers on how to do that? 
so for example, when I was at IBM, right, and we were doing digital sales, LinkedIn has their licenses where you can actually see the organizational charts within the company, how they're actually structured, who's who in the zoo, that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, that would probably be a good way to actually uh, start trying to map out in terms of who's within the organization, how are they sort of structured. Um, but I think more importantly, have conversations, right? I mean, reach out to people to say, hey, do you know who would actually want to buy this, right? And potentially like, within the organization, how are they structured? So have those conversations as well because you will need to also identify sales navigator and all tools are available, but have the conversation, reach out to people, you know, start talking to your networks. I think that will also definitely help to try to map out, mm -hmm. you know, who's who. So one of the things that we often speak about is sort of this notion of a marketing funnel and the different types of activities that Companies should do at the top, middle, and the bottom of the funnel. And we've done an episode on that previously, actually. And one of the interesting questions, particularly when it comes to startups that might want to be targeting B2B buyers, what's the connection required between the sales and the marketing teams when it comes to B2B products specifically? And how important is that? Um, the connection between sales and marketing? Yes. I think they should be joined at the hip. And that's really what I strongly believe, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how big or how small the organization is, your sales and marketing, it basically forms your go-to market, right? So from my experience, in terms of what working together looks like is really trying to map out like what does the go-to market look like, right? We spoke about earlier in terms of like your target segment, in terms of the types of buyers that you are after. You know, marketing you know, as part of that planning, marketing needs to be part of that. And sellers need to make quarterly numbers, right? And, and they need they are very focused in the now. But if marketing is also not planning or preparing the pipeline for the future, you're going to have very dry pipeline or a funnel, right? At the end of the day, we all want demand generation. We all want growth, right? So is there a way that you can actually... I wouldn't say short circuit, but is there a way that you can actually do things in parallel, right? There are tactics that you can look to do that are more focused around middle of funnel to actually try to find intent. You're able to reach your end goal quicker, right? In terms of trying to find pipeline. That's really interesting. So finding intent, can we talk a little bit about that? I mean, I think that's, that's a fantastic notion of if marketers help find intent, especially buyers with intent to do something. And then, as you mentioned earlier, having sales and marketing teams really joined at the hip to help both identify those with intent, communicate to them in an interesting way that gets them excited, and then ultimately close the sale. What are some of those ways to find intent? There are different platforms that can be used, but maybe we start off with the company's own websites, right? I mean, for example, if someone is searching for you or if someone is searching for your category in terms of, you know, of what you do, whether it's in marketing automation or whatever, that is one in terms of showing intent, right? And then those people that come to your website, that's actually giving you their details because, hey, can someone contact me? That's already like, you know, high intent, like someone is interested, right? So that's probably like one avenue to actually start off to say, hey, is your website actually built properly? Uh, is your search, you know, done properly where people can actually be led to your website? That's one part. There are other vendors for example, G2, which is a user peer review site of technology and software and all, as you do your search, they also capture data in terms of who's doing searches. They can't identify 
you know, the specific person, but they will tell you that, you know, these companies are actually looking for something like that. So I, I think B2B enterprises is more, slightly more difficult because there is no silver bullet to say that this particular person for this particular organization is looking for this immediately, right? You need to piece together different parts of the intention, whether is it from the searches leading down to, you know, they might actually even be posting up something on LinkedIn, right? They say that, hey, I'm actually looking for this. Anybody has done, has used this particular technology before or anyone has any recommendations. So there are different ways to capture the intent. But then the question is that, how do you piece them together? Some of the data is with marketing. Some of the data is with sales, depending on the solution. So that's why from a sales and marketing perspective, it comes together, right? You need to work very closely together to, to be able to piece the jigsaw puzzle. That's how they need to work together. And that's how you can actually look at starting to capture intent. Let me change gears a bit. And I want to talk a little bit about competition. When you are in a big company or when you're super well-funded, most of the time you can throw money at a problem. And that doesn't mean you will be successful, but that means you will have an advantage. What do you do if you don't have money to throw at the problem? Do you think there's an opportunity for startups to for lack of a better term, to be a bit more guerrilla or creative in their marketing and brand building so that they can get into the radars of these big players. And a related question to that is, should the startups try to appear bigger than they are and try to act like a big enterprise company? Or should they own the fact that they are small and nimble and agile and use that to their advantage? What are your views on this? So two questions, one around the competitors, one around like how big or how small yes. do, you, do you represent? I think how does a startup or a B2B a smaller organization right, compete with the more established players? I think there are different avenues that you can compete, but the core of it all comes back to, are you clear in terms of like what your company um, or what your solution does, right? And how does it compete or how does it compete for what your enterprise clients are after? Because once you have clarity on that, you can actually also think about partnering, right? And different types of partners that you can go to market with. Because if, for example, your particular solution, you know, with another partner, right, you actually compete you're part of the ecosystem and then with that, you're able to solve a better problem for your enterprise clients that you're after. That makes you bigger already than what you are, right? Because you're actually going in and sometimes you could be the one that's actually leading the conversation. Sometimes it's the partner that could be leading the conversation depending on what your enterprise clients are. So that's one is identifying what is your story and how you fit as part of the solution. The second part then is how big or how small. I think it, it depends because at the end of the day, a lot of enterprise clients are also buying from multiple vendors, right? I mean, if you imagine like as a marketeer, the average enterprise marketeer has about 90, 90, 90 technology that they have to grapple with, right? From a MarTech step. Um, from in, Unbelievable. Yeah, so there are different technologies that they will have to use. But I think the more important part is that how does your solution add into the ecosystem? Does it work together with the ecosystem? I think that's the more critical question to ask and to try to figure out because 
whether you're big or small, you know, it really depends on like who you partner with and all that, right? But how you fit to actually solve the, 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 the problem for your customer, I think that's the one that is more important to ask. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So the partnering angle I found really interesting. You're a startup, you've got a really interesting solution. Maybe it doesn't necessarily solve every piece of this sort of challenge, a business problem that a B2B buyer might be looking to solve. What's a good starting point for identifying perhaps the place that you fit in that ecosystem and starting to contact other companies and build those partnerships? Where would you start as a startup founder or marketer? At the end of the day, for any organization, you need to partner to scale or to grow, right? So trying to identify the partnerships, think outside the box a bit in terms of like, you know, sometimes it's like the partnership can help you build credibility. The partnership can help you build your brand. The partnership can help you, you know, get into a certain market. It also depends on what is your end goal, right? For getting into the partnership. There are partnerships that you want to be part of, which is like, you know, part of the larger ecosystem, like, you know, with the likes of like the Accentures, the Deloitte's, you know, the IBM Global Business Services, GBS. So there will be those bigger partners that you want to be part of because then they can add your solution into that if it makes sense and all. But they take a lot of time. They also take a lot of investment and effort, right? So that's more of like a longer term goal, right? But then from a shorter term perspective, are there other partners that you can also um, partner with to already start getting the momentum? So you probably need to also map out your ecosystem as to what is your intention and, you know, from a time range as well, um, because of the amount of effort and resource you actually need to put in. I like that part about uh, time and resources. What's a good way to prioritize? Let's say you are in a marketing role in a startup and you have a list of laundry list of all the options in front of you from chasing these big time consuming but impactful partnerships with bigger players to identifying the salespeople to super tactical execution such as buying ads on different channels or optimizing your seo do you have like a mental heuristic or a methodology for prioritizing which tasks are more important in the short term and which tasks should be given priority in the long term? I would say that for me, at the end of the day, everything will lead back to demand generation, right? It's all about, you know, how do you actually build your funnel? And when you have that goal in mind to say that, how do you actually drive demand gen? Everything that you do needs to lead back to that. And I would say that, you know, whether it's short-term or long-term, you sometimes doing less but more impactful will actually benefit the organization or the startup in the longer term. They're trying to do everything, but, you know, it's like bits and pieces everywhere, but you're not making an impact, right? So I would actually say that demand gen, number one, is everything that you're doing actually leading back to your demand generation uh, or building your pipeline. Number two is then, how do you be more targeted, right? Actually doing lesser but more impactful stuff that are actually more well thought out, right? So prioritizing what needs to happen now because you have goals to meet, but also then planning out the next steps to make sure that things coming in that are more inbound, that are helping you to start fill your funnel, that you are actually able to capture the intent of people. That's kind of how I would prioritize, you know, in terms of getting started and also thinking ahead. 
So Kerry, there's one really interesting thing that you speak about. It's the sort of content-led strategy in, in doing that. Can you kind of talk a little bit about the importance of what's important in that sort of content-led strategy when it comes to attracting B2B buyers? As a startup, number one, you might not have that much money to be throwing on all these like, you know, platforms to do paid media and all that kind of stuff, right? But how do you cut through the clutter? Right. It really comes back in terms of content. When we first started off the podcast, we, you know, I was talking about, you know, what's your clarity of message? What's your value proposition? And who are the buyers that you are after? When you have that, and in, in terms of also your target segment, as you are building up content, you have that in mind to say that, hey, the stories that I'm building or the content that I'm building is for that. You know, it also takes resources. And we talked about resources and time in terms of, you know, doing all these things. But you don't really need a lot of content. I, I think well thought out, you know, you might have a few anchor pieces, whether it's like white papers that you might be doing or thought leadership pieces that are trying to address the problems that you're trying to solve um, for your customers. And then actually having sort of like breaking it down into different pieces that are more consumable as well. It then leads back into in terms of your main content, right? So number one, in terms of trying to identify what is your story, identifying then, you know, what is the sort of like the anchor content pieces and then making it more consumable so that if you think about, you know, the whole journey of like learn, discover, try and then buy, you can then also kind of map out how your content maps to that journey to lead your audience, right? Or, or your buyers through that journey. So talking about content, it's really also trying to identify like how do you actually take them through that journey um, because sometimes you might be building a lot of content but then you realize hey actually my content is only all around the learn but there's nothing to actually help pull them through that journey that you're trying to take them uh, along with you. So there are a few different angles to cut it but having that content-led mindset will help also cut through the clutter. Thank you. There's, there's a lot of amazing things that we've spoken about now. So I'm going to take an attempt to summarize what we've been speaking Luck about. Luck with that. And, <laughs> <Sure>. uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and look at kind of um, a, a few different things. So the starting point really is the top of the funnel is equally important for B2B marketing, right? So brand building really does start from day one. And that brand building is equally important when we start to map out who the buyers are um, and how do we speak to them. And then we look at more of the middle of the funnel type content. It's important for us to look for intent. So intent, that data of looking at where intent is coming from, uh, we can get that from our own website, some of the tools that we may have plugged into our own website, in our lead generation efforts, in things like search. And then when starting to sort of convert some of these things and combine lead generation as well as closing some of those leads, it's really important for sales and marketing to be joined at the hip. So it's almost like sales is looking at the now and marketing is looking at the next. So without the other, you can't close, but you also have nothing to close tomorrow. And a good starting point for looking at buyers is really starting to look at target industries and what could the buyers within those industries be and who could they be? And you mentioned that on average, you have seven buyers from each company involved before closing a sale, especially a larger one. And a really interesting advice also was to look at tools like LinkedIn Sales Navigator as really a tool to start identifying the buyers and where they sit in the relative organizations that they may be a part of. And when you have a good idea of who those buyers are, really starting to map out those pain points for each buyer and what value propositions 
that we have and what, how can we help those buyers in those pain points that they may have? And then when we specifically spoke about some of the startups that may have a little bit less money to spend, for example, or have to get a bit more creative, you mentioned partnering as really a great way to go to market. And partnering could be really as part of a larger solution, as part of a reseller, as part of a, a larger ecosystem, really, that not only builds your own brand, but also builds credibility early on. And really, at the end of the day, it is all about demand generation. It's everything that you're doing, helping build a pipeline. And then in the sort of last stages, we spoke more about a content-led strategy. And that could be a good starting point, actually, of building the top and the middle of the funnel. And really, uh, one of the things that you've spoken about earlier is how do we build um, reciprocity uh, to the top of mind? So how do we actually provide something so valuable to people that they want to share their data with you in exchange for that content that we're providing? And then a really good model that you also pointed to. We're big fans of uh, different marketing models in this podcast. So you spoke about the learn, discover, try and buy. And if you look at that as a starting point and starting to uh, really map and plan the content accordingly, you can assure that you have content at each one of the stages that your buyers may be in. And I think from my perspective, one of the things that you started with is also one of the most important advice is also to have fun and be creative while at it. Just because we're doing B2B marketing, it doesn't have to be dry. It can be equally creative. <laughs> creative. Well so summarized. That, that was a very good summary, actually. <laughs> anything we missed out particularly or anything that you wanted to add on top of all of that? Do fewer, but more impactful, more thoughtful would really help the startup. I know that there is definitely an urgency to say we want to do all these things, but I think, you know, to be a bit more targeted, especially at the start, you know, where you have less resources and stuff, will definitely put you in good stead right? instead of like spraying and praying, right? So that's kind of to just add on, but well summarized, thank you. Before we go, Carrie, are there any books or resources that has really inspired you over the years that you would like to share? Actually, I get my inspiration from doing other things that are not within like the B2B space because at the end of the day, we are all trying to make connections and we're trying to connect to the buyers or trying to connect to the customers, right? So I always find my inspirations in other stuff from design to art to everything else to kind of see how we can actually create that and bring that into you know, the quote-unquote boring enterprise sales. So that's kind of like uh, what I do instead of like, you know, really having like one textbook or something to, to actually look at. That's great advice. Yeah, that we do that too. That's why I bake a lot of sourdough for, <laughs> for inspiration. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Kerry. This was very impactful and dense episode of so much good information. Thank you. And thank you, Thomas, for joining Thank you, Honor. Uh, pleasure as always. And thank you very much, Kerry. It's been thank a you. Thanks, both Honor and Thomas. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Strategy and Sourdough. Please drop us an email at hello at strategyandsourdough.com with any questions, suggestions, or feedback on this episode. 